Hey, Jay, Jay. Jay. What? Have you joined the Breakfast Club? The Breakfast Club? What's that? It's our new 80s club where you can get discounted tickets to some of our shows, win 80s prizes and merch. How do I join, Sammy? You get into our band website, www.rewind80sband.com, and you'll get a pop-up. Oh, I love a pop-up. We We all love love things that pop-up. It's the Breakfast Club pop-up registration form. You can fill it in from anywhere in the world. That's what she said. Register today, Rewind80sBand.com or Facebook Rewind80sBand. The Breakfast Club. It's all the 80s you can eat. Ladies and gentlemen, Dame Edna Everett. sidekick of yours. (laughs) He may be watching tonight, who knows. You're looking absolutely beautiful as always. Aren't I, darling? Of course, women will be copying this frock slavishly, won't they? (laughs) I had a phone call from Mr Hawke. He rang me up. We're very thrilled with a new Gallup poll. 78% of Australians adore me, he said. He did. I said, darling, you only need another 22% to be neck and neck with me, possibly. <laughs> I said, I did. Dame Edna, the last thing in the world I'd like to do is to upset you in any way, but I'm just wondering if tonight uh, a television set has been placed strategically in a hospital ward here in Melbourne for you to say hello to your beloved husband, who, of course, has not been seen publicly now for many, many years. Well, I'm afraid Norm is dead, darling. He's... <laughs> he... Please, that's terribly tasteless. Hello there. How's it going, guys? Oh, it is good, but the bad news that Bert's gone is, you know, it they was don't a make huge them like shock. that huge anymore. Shock. Yeah, it was. Certainly not. Yeah. Big shame. It was a really big shame. I was um, setting up in our new house and um, just having the the most beautiful day, beautiful sunny day, and it came up on my phone. I was sort of searching something on my phone and it came up and I sort of couldn't believe it. I looked up at my family and said, Bert Newton just died. It was such a shock. Yeah, horrible. So awful. Well, in those days of television – People worked so hard and were so talented compared to now 
that's based on reality TV stars that it is a shock to the world because it's the last of the sort of Aussie comedic brat pack, you know what I mean? Or, you know, a couple. I think Ernie Ernie Sigley went this year as well. He died in 21. Yeah, yeah, he did. Because I remember sticking a a video of myself up on the Ernie show uh, to veil him out. And then I went, oh, yeah, I'm, right. I'm, I'm sure what's what's happening. I'm sure I just put GMA up the other day, but it wasn't. That was Ernie. So I thought, oh, my God, they've died sort of close together. But it's sad yeah. because, I don't know, he was a legend. He really was. And I think, like, part of the shock is that he was part of the fabric of Australia. Like, not just Australian TV, but Australia. He's yeah, he like. Was. Everyone's uncle or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. It really, really put a tear tear in my eye. I I could not stop thinking about it for the rest of the day. Yeah, well. uh, So we're going to talk tonight about Bert. Bert We're going to talk tonight about Bert. Yeah, look, he was huge in the 80s. He really was huge in the 80s. But he had a television career spanning decades and decades. I think. So look, we'll probably, yeah, we'll probably sort of. Uh, you know, trip outside of the 80s now and we then. Will. We'll but have like to. Just paying tribute to Burt and, and what a legend he was. And this, of course, is Jay Jovi. And I'm Sammy Hardon and you're listening and to the, the 80s, 80s montage. montage. Yeah. So condolences to his family. I mean, Paddy and Bert were like royal family, weren't they? They were like the royal family of yeah, Australia. Yeah, they really were. The king, I mean, he was the king of Moomba, I think, in 19, was it 77 or something? Maybe? King of Moomba and Paddy went along with him as well. I was looking for the album they put out together because the first thing I looked at with Bert was his astrological stuff. And Bert, of course, was born on the 23rd of July. Is your brother born around Mm -hmm. that time? Was it your my brother's twenty fourth of July? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Because my brother's the twenty second. Your brother is when the twenty fourth. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew we had two brothers around that kind of uh, that day, and he's a cancer. And I was looking into his chart, and it was really interesting because the um, cancer, the moon, is sort of. Ruled by cancer, so his stage name was, of course, Moonface, and it just occurred to me that it wasn't far from the truth. You know, he he had this round yeah. face, and cancer men do have a round face like a moon, not as much as Bert, but if you look at a cancer, they're usually quite rounded in the face. But not only that, I had a look at um his. Jupiter. Now, Jupiter in astrological terms is where your money comes from and what you like in life, what you achieve, like what you love to buy, stuff that you really love. And his Jupiter was in the seventh house, which is relationship. So, and it was in mm. Pisces. And Pisces is very creative, very, a Piscean can go into a room and especially if you're a comedian or a musician and they can go into a room and feel where the crowd wants to go. They know exactly where they need to go to make people laugh. They know exactly what to say. 
even if they think it's just left of centre, it somehow works. And I know that feeling with me, when you first feel that you've done something and the crowd's loving it, it gives you that permission to work through that your whole life. And that's what Piscean yeah. does. It's got a, a very, almost like a an energy about them that knows before you do that this is what you need to hear. And a lot of his comedy was like that. And The Seventh House, obviously a lot of his stuff came from partners and not only that, like Don Lane and and um, obviously Patty Newton and, of course, Graham Kennedy. Graham Kennedy and that was his seventh house. So he made a lot of money through these being with these amazing people and creatively. So it just made sense to me and he had a lot of Leo, he, Mars in Leo. Mars is how you set yourself out into the world. He was very larger than life. Six foot Bert was, you know. He was a, a tall guy. And he was tall and sort of big face and he yeah. he had a, a big persona, you know. It Huge was like persona. When when he walked into the room it was like the sun rising, you know. He he, he um just had a beautiful beautiful energy. I just thought I, I I'm just thinking of our listeners around the world and g'day to all our listeners, listeners around the world. Bert Newton, if you guys don't know, who knows you might be sort of um Australophiles, I just made up a word, meaning, you know, people who love Australia. Ostracised. Yeah, yeah, not ostracised, but, you know. But Bert Bert Newton, I guess, would be, I guess, of the calibre of like David Letterman or Dick Clark or somebody like that. Like a David Letterman, you know, he was the go-to guy for – uh, Australian TV. That really, there was no one bigger. No. And um, look, everyone loved him. He was so so popular, and he had numerous sort of re- renaissance as well. Like he just kept coming back and coming back, and he worked on, um, I think, all of the networks, uh, bar ABC. I think you know, he, he worked on ten, nine, and seven, I believe. Yeah. But, um, you know, in, incredible career. So, um, yeah, that's, you know, that's the scope of the guy that we're actually talking about. Legend, legendary. Absolutely. Someone that can go into a room and ad-lib his ass off and really, really well and just stand by everything he says in his own head and it works. And that was Bert Newton. And even with Graham Kennedy, they put – that was the first job he had on TV where they put um, Bert with – Graham and they weren't sure which way it was going to go. I think they did a commercial on shoes from Mm. memory and it was so funny. The producer went, this is your job from now on. You're going to be sidekick to Graham Kennedy and it just worked and that was only the first of his relationships that just worked and it's that chemistry between comedians and performers that have this amazing skill that can actually bounce off each other and not be scared of each other and jealous of each other, they work together as a team and that's also not easy yeah. to do. Yeah, no, no, certainly not. It's sort of – To share the, the limelight, you know. Yeah, yeah. One of the sort of once in a million combinations of performers mm. where it's completely complementary, you know, they that you, you can tell they love each other and they just have a beautiful chemistry on stage and on screen. Yeah. So great to see. Yeah. So he was born Albert Watson Newton on the 23rd of July 1938, um, an Australian media personality in North Fitzroy from what I've read, 
which is incredible. Oh, that's right, because he was yeah. a um, uh, Fitzroy Footy Club fan. He was. I that's didn't right. actually realise how religious he was, though. I didn't know that about him. Oh, right. Because yeah. I've actually met him. Obviously, I've mm. been on Good Morning Australia in the 90s, but that's all right. We can look at that anyway because it's always nice to talk about someone you've met as well as someone that was – because I don't – I have not heard anyone say a bad thing about Bert. Everyone's just devastated really. And I remember you SMSing me going, we've got to do Bert Newton. um, Straight away. Which is really good because I was like, yeah, absolutely, of course. But he had shows like in Melbourne Tonight, New Faces, Good Morning Australia. Bert's Family Feud was another one. And yeah, he yeah. was always on television. He had a sort of breakdown. I can't remember what year it was, but he had he wasn't great. He was so busy that I think he burnt out and mm. then decided to he had to go to rehab and stuff, which was which was a sad thing, but to to know when to stop and then come back and throw the punches again is amazing. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. He um he just had a popularity with people and, and the thing that I love because obviously, you know, the news reports are full of clips of him and his work, you know, on various shows over the years and one thing I love listening to is the laughter of the crowd because yeah. it's quite it's quite innocent, the humour, you know what I mean? It's innocent it's just, but you couldn't get away with it today either. No, that's true. That's true. It was, yeah, di- diff- culturally very different. But I mean, the the laughs are innocent. You know what I mean? The, the, the hearing sort of Australians respond to him and the laughter, it it's it's sort of family that family entertainment vibe that really doesn't exist on Australian TV anymore. No, it's no. really really I really miss it because you look at TV and it's either kids television or it's you know the bachelor or love island where you you know they're showing everyone where the sun don't shine and the, yeah, yeah. there's nothing in between you know yeah, what i mean yeah. there's nothing where families can sit down and have a laugh like hey hey saturday's gone there's no sort of that that variety formula has has really drifted away i mean you have shows like uh, not the panel, but the project. You have shows like the project, and that you know that one that's on after it. It's kind of different, you know. They, they are kind of different, quite different actually. Well, they've still um, got to be careful. You know, you know what I mean? Like, they do. if you watch Blankety yeah. Blanks, there were dick jokes, there were cock jokes, there were jokes about this person and this person, and and now all that has gone from innocence to. Oh well, you you can't say that anymore, you know, and that's the one thing yeah. that is is is, and a lot of comedians are upset because they, a lot of comedians are doing it on podcasts or they're doing it live, but they're still getting complaints, and the skill of being able to just make a story up on the spot that has a sexual connotation about it or something like that, is incredible, mm. and even like I've I've got a little clip here that we might play of. Bert and Frank Fring and it's really Great. quite clever and I thought I'd put because I know you love Frank and and I thought mm-hmm. I would play this clip because it was sort of derogatory but 
so true, you know, in a way. So I'll give this yeah. little whirl. I'll give this one a whirl. About quite a few of the uh, of the well-known people in television. It just happens I've got a couple of copies oh, here. Oh, Do you remember uh, very much about what you've uh, what you've written on various people? No, not a thing. Well, on <laughs> not a thing. What sort of condition were you in when you wrote them? <laughs> one on the Daryl Summer Show. Remember the Daryl Summer Show? Vaguely. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> well, you said that the comedy spots were so terminally feeble that they should have been sent to Lourdes in hope of a miracle. <laughs> Isn't that just going a little too strong? What are you going to pull your Catholic bit on, then? No, I'm not, uh, no. <laughs> not going to pull any... Uh, you wrote it. There's one here. This one's on... Oh, wait on. This is on me. Oh. It talks about me and it says... Uh, I seem to have to make a habit of being on other people's show. With a hairdo that could be used to scour saucepans. <laughs> How unkind of you. Well, you were featuring a rather strange little number at the time, weren't you? What are we talking about now? Well, not Patty. No. I don't mean that. I don't mean that strange. Molly Meldrum. Molly Meldrum has a personality and an image, although the laws of libel prevent one from saying an image of what? <laughs> Frank, I suppose that when you, uh, when you set yourself up to write a column such as that, you have to then uh, expect a compare to go to his files and pull out something on you. And one of your finest moments oh. was in a, a film in which you played, of all things, uh, a sheep. Do you remember that? A sheep? Uh, an S-H-E-E-P, a sheep. <laughs> Would you like to be reminded of it? I can hardly wait. Where Nor are the word of the monitor? Here we are. <laughs> when I was 18 months old, I was classed as a reserve. There you go. Oh, my God. I love those old sound bites. That's awesome. I think Bert was really great for Frank and didn't let him get away with much. Where people didn't know how to take See, Frank a lot. No, no. Look, uh, there are a lot of people that – I mean, people were terrified of Frank, absolutely mm. terrified of him. He was he was like the devil or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he had – he had just this energy that if you said the wrong thing, he would just swallow you up, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it it had you had to actually be quite brilliant to keep up with somebody like Frank. He he was he was quite genius. Like the mind was Always quite ticking. quite quick. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I think I think Bert. Bert and Frank really like a great match in, in terms of uh, bouncing off each other, definitely. I kept looking at a lot of clips from the Bert Newton show or the Graham Kennedy show. So many straight men in drag. Like it's unbelievable how yeah, yeah. Bert was always dressed up as a ballerina or he came out as – as someone like Demos Roussos or he came out as, as a woman and then we also had a lot of men, well, Dame Edna, that used to come out as women and now that's even kind of offensive. It's like, oh, you can't and dress it's up, like, you know. Yeah. It's like it that brilliant. is the utmost of humour. Mm. It's, it's like that was the funniest thing possible. Yeah, that's like right. Like if, if, if a dude dressed up as a woman, that was the funniest thing. Like all the old mum and dads. And it wasn't – I know it sounds weird but it wasn't a gay thing. It wasn't no. – they, they weren't doing drag as we know it. You know what I mean? That's they right. weren't They weren't sort We're of – married to women. Yeah, yeah, that's what exactly you're trying to right. say. I think 
it, it's that was that's a really good observation actually it's it it that is something that has culturally really shifted that like has. men are, men are, like you know footy clubs and just like families if they were having dress ups and stuff would dress up as women and it would be the most hilarious thing it's completely different now it is the only one i know that dresses up as a woman is one of the boys from wentworth who plays one of the police oh my god how have i forgotten his name anyway we're going to have to delete this out but um just dresses up as a woman for the staff and the and um the people of wentworth and i'm oh, like yeah, lovely <laughs> it's crazy but people <laughs> used to do it all the time in yeah they did in the the 70s and the 80s it was huge and and yeah. the thing there were men that were married to women and successful marriages, not just marriages that didn't last, marriages like Pert and Bert and Patty that were f- together forever from teenage in teenage years. Yeah. See, it 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 wasn't a gay thing though. Like this is the thing. No, that's right. It was right. sort of culturally dressing up as a woman and having a laugh. You know, it was on that. It was on that level where it was in the comedy zone. Yes. It's, it's like when people started taking it seriously and they were, they, were doing, they were doing drag to actually impersonate a woman or, or you know, they, they could have even been transgender and, and so forth before that was even a thing, before that was even known in the wider world. It's like that's when it sort of shifted. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Strange. Even, even. Um, oh, what's his name? Oh, you know, like Dave Medner. Dave Edner. I don't think of of Dave Edner as being a drag queen. No. But she, but she it, he had like like Barry Hun- Humphreys. Yeah. That that's drag. It doesn't matter yeah. what way you cut it. That's right. That is drag. You know what I mean? And and we accepted but we don't it more. Think of it like that. No. Yeah. It was yeah. a funny thing to do. Like they were special times to sit there and watch the Dame Edna Everidge show or something like yeah. that with Bert dressing up because Bert's wheel was the thing that everyone loved to watch. You know, you'd go to school the next day and go, "Oh my god, Bert dressed up as." Gene Simmons of Kiss and he made it funny but the funniest one he came out as, I saw the TV show the other night, was one of the village people. Did you see that where he got dressed up as like the <laughs> yeah. Indian, like the half-assed Indian? And he was like Indian? all of them in one. Oh, they yeah, he was all died. of them in one, Yeah, remember? that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had a bit of this and a bit of that. And, yeah, and they yeah. loved him that from great. that day on because I watched um, This Is Your Life, Bert Newton, from I think it was the 90s and the village people sent him their well wishes over, you know, via satellite or whatever. Oh, great. And it was really, really lovely. So – and I know that the awards ceremony where Dame and Bert opened the show or whatever, uh, Marilyn was there. Marilyn we talked about with. Oh, is that right? Yeah, Marilyn was there that year and he's laughing his tits off because he can't believe they're talented people. They're not just yeah. dressed up and, and being whatever. They're <laughs> actually fucking funny, you know. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So he yeah, was one right. of six he had a children. Big, he had a big, um, he had a 
um, sorry to cut you off. He yeah. had a big Logie's legacy. Yeah, he a did. A big Logie's legacy. I think he was like a four-time goal Logie winner or something Yeah, he like was four-time. It was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. The only time I met him was at the Logie's and it was in he, – he did like 2010 or 2011 or something like that where I think he was accepting some kind of lifetime achievement award or some kind of recognition award – uh, for his legacy on TV, and he was so fucking funny. He yeah. was so funny, on, you know, all the time. And he would have been in his sixties and or seventies or something like that. That's not to say like somebody of that ilk can't be hilarious, but it's like the thing that I'm getting at is like consistently funny. It's it's like there was no. He, he didn't sort of back off and become sour or anything like that. I, I, I look at sort of similar funny men and you look at, say, like Jerry Lewis, you know, like Martin yeah. and Lewis, Dean, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. I, I did meet Jerry Lewis. Um, he, he came to my drama school and he was incredible but Jerry Lewis – Became very grumpy Angry. in his old age. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, very kind of sour on things. He was capable of still doing comedy, but it's it's like he got dirty on being funny. Yeah. Whereas Bert just like celebrated it. He it was it was part of life and part of his the reason he was on this earth. You know what I mean? Oh, and it just, absolutely. Yeah, it came out so effort, effortlessly and, and to see the way that he reached out to the Logies crowd in person, it was like the biggest star in the in the, in Australia had walked into the room and he still had it. And there was – whenever he would perform, there would almost be like a relief that he was still great, you know, that he was still sort of yeah. on the boil. Yeah, you know? well, that's because we're so conditioned for people to become worse as they get older. In Australia, yeah. we expect people to become a different person. Like I think in 1988, he was 50 years of age doing the Logies. Now, that's a yeah. good age for 1988. Mm. So you kind of think they're getting on, they're not going to be funny. But we never – I think it's just our conditioning that everyone sort of starts to – feel bitter about where they are and you're right he he always said yeah. if he wasn't happy doing tv he wouldn't do it anymore and you shouldn't do yeah. it because it's it's just something you shouldn't do if you're over it you know which is yeah, very true yeah. but we're so conditioned to think that oh I'm, i bet he's not funny because he's 60 now you know and that wasn't the case mm. with bert yeah, yeah. Just a correction there. He actually hosted in 2010 when I went. Ah. So that's pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. hosted many, many times and, um, yeah, it was always very good. He did a great job. I think it was like 38 times or something. Oh, fuck. It was a seriously? lot of time. Yeah, he started in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. With hosting. I think, it, I think um, yeah, I think it was like a regular – Sort of he was. thing for him in the beginning, and then they started sharing it out. Yeah, yeah. Because he started amazing. with radio on three XY. There was a thing mm-hmm. called scouting, scouting around, and they used to look for talent. And then they found Bert, and Bert would have been a hard worker as well, and would have yeah. been prepared. Gotcha. And then you get prepared, and you've got all these things happening. And then you work out, shit, I can really do this, and then you just yeah. go berserk. Um, yeah. He also 
did some show called Peter's Pals and I think that's where he met beautiful his wife. Patty. Patty. And, you know, he she went overseas for three years and he chased her over there to marry her and brought her back here. Oh, wow. And they were just yeah. so suited. And it's just very rare for a showbiz couple to be together for that long as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's interesting is though, it's it's like from the point that they got married and they've got, you know, they had two beautiful children, Matthew and Lauren. Mm. Um, you, you you didn't know that much about their home life. No. For, for such a, a public couple, very private. It's like very they, private. When when they weren't on TV, you you knew not to sort of approach them. You know, there was just they they weren't in the papers all the time talking about their private life. They used to do a little bit of promo, but not sort of yeah, not to the level that you would expect with somebody so well known. I don't and, think um, they had to because he was so good. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. I think you're yeah. only as good as your last gig. And if you're fucking yeah. great on your last gig, you can give it six months break. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah In yeah, those yeah. days. I met Lauren a few times over the years um, and, and I, I did know Matt quite well uh, as well. Matt had a very troubled career. Matt um, you know, I won't go sort of into the into the controversy too much you can google that if you if you must but um he matt had the same level of matt has the same level of genius as his dad yeah matt's got that thing but i think what matt you know i think maybe what made matt so troubled is simply being the the son of a massive star you know and just having that kind of, he would have got picked on in school and everything, you know. It would have been very difficult for him. And, yeah, I'm, yeah, sort of, it wouldn't have been a normal life for him, you know. Um, but definitely has. God, when, when, when I knew Matt, he was just on fire. You were like, oh, my God, this guy is not going to stop until he wins an Oscar. I, I, I really mean that. I really mean that. I'm, I, he's In terms of writing and producing and making films and so forth, the same kind of genius as his dad. So wish you the best, Matt. And I hope, um, and I hope the family's doing okay, mate. Yeah, look, it's just horrific when anyone leaves us. But I think you're right, he had done everything he needed to do on this planet. He, he just accomplished so much. He's yeah. a legend. Yeah. And I met Bert when I did Good Morning Australia. So I used to live across the road from the Como in Clara Street, which was sort of near the Turak Library. And I would get the call or the... Uh, I think I'd get a letter in the mail to say you need to be on GMA at a certain date. And I think it was in the early 90s. Would have been the early 90s, the first time I went on. It was about $250 a spot to do a song on GMA. They paid really well. And the the only, yeah, the only downfall of it was you had to be there at 6 a.m. and then you had to be on call at 7 a.m. ready to go on. 
because you yeah. would go on live. So I used to get up. I was living in a one-bedroom flat in South Yarra and I would get up at three in the morning and just start talking to myself and getting up and trying to sing. As usual. I know, that's right. I always do that anyway. And I've just <laughs> I've been with my parents for the last two days and I've just worked out where I get it from. My dad does the same thing. Oh, serious. He loves talking to himself. Mum goes, oh, he's just talking to himself. Don't worry about it. A um, bit like Maddie says about me. Anyway, so I was – my thing was I used to get there and we would – you turn up in your tracksuit with your gear. They'd put your makeup on at about six and there was always beautiful donuts and coffee scrolls and stuff that you could have just to sugar up to give you that energy because it was so early in the morning and the voice doesn't work in the morning. It doesn't want to go anywhere. But no, I really used to doesn't. bump into no. I used to bump into Bert in the lift at Channel 10, which was at Como. And he yeah. was always so well manicured. I mean, him and Paddy were, you know. It was that age of you just look after your image, you know. And you never I looked used shit. To, you yeah, always looked you always looked amazing. You were ready to go. And and I was the opposite. I was like, oh, tracksuit. God, oh, how am I going to do this? And it was fine <laughs> on the day. I was fine on the day. Like it was an hour, and I was a different person. But that's sort of how I work. I get there, and I'm sort of looks like you know people have not recognised me when I get done up and going. Really, it's you? What the fuck? You know? And uh, <laughs> I'm I'm very much like that. So I was ready at seven o'clock, but I'd see him in the lift, and he was six foot, and I used to think, oh my god, he's so tall. You never thought he was that tall either. You just assumed he was mm. a. I don't know what it was about the camera, but when you saw him, that whole uh, Leo ascendant, which is what he has astrologically, was a very big, a big persona and a big person and, you know, like a lion, a gentle lion. And yeah, then yeah. the cancer came in where he was really together and just really gracious and he was just grateful for his life and what he did really which is really not yeah. easy to find when you live. You, yeah, you either absolutely. hate something you do and if you love something you do, he loved something he loved. And then we'd go, go into the studio and we'd do one rehearsal. The voice would sort of go, yeah, what do you, you couldn't push your voice as hard as you wanted to. And then we'd do live to air, bang. And you'd walk out of there and it was over. It was just hilarious. And then you'd get a paycheck in the mail. But... It was just he used to use a lot of Melbourne artists and bands and, you know, Jimmy Barnes would be on the show and they'd have international acts as well. John Farnham was on the show. People that were sort of in at the time but used to support a lot of Melbourne acts. And I remember going on the show and thinking, oh, it's a bit blue rinse, you know, I can't do too much of it because, you know, I don't look rock and roll, you know, but it actually didn't hurt your career at all to be on there. God, no. Didn't you do, um, didn't you go on and do like fucking Midnight at the Oasis? Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's I did. Right. Um, I was going to play a clip of me doing um, Just a Little Crush by Jennifer Page, which the boys will love. So I. Oh, I but, remember but, this. Yeah. I went in and did Midnight at the Oasis. John Foreman was away. He was somewhere else and they had – it wasn't the other guy. It was another guy from Sydney that was filling in. And I was in the green room and I can hear this backing track with this Seinfeld bass. Like, <laughs> dong, ba, dong, dong, right. Dong, dong, right. And I'm, <laughs> my face just went into shock horror and I said to the someone that came in or whatever, I said, is that my backing track to Midnight at the Oasis? And they went, yeah. And I went – 
he needs to not solo in that part. We need to get the solo out because it's not it's not working. Oh, Jesus. And then and I said the bass is a horrible bass sound because it was brand new heavies, but it sort of sounded like Seinfeld. He was a new guy from Sydney and it wasn't the guy that lives in Melbourne. I can't remember his name. And I was devastated. So I had to go on oh. and do this track, which no one would have known. It was – look, no one would have heard it, but I just heard it and I went, <laughs> nah, it's not rock <laughs> and roll. So I went on – I remember on you did such a great job, but oh, like your face at the end of it's like you shit. The face was like shit. I wanted to kill someone. It was like <laughs> – do you remember me showing you when you were on the ground yeah, laughing? Yeah, I was screaming. <laughs> it's just because you did you did such a great job, and it's but then the moment you finish, it's like the act drops, yeah, and your face is just like you know when the queen smiles, and it's just like a grimace, like. <laughs> Yeah, because they make you hold your smile at the end of the track so they could cut to you and then back yeah. to Bird. It'd be Bird's yeah. wheel. And I remember they cut to me and they said, Okay, hold your smile. And I went, like this fucking foul look on my face, like, what have you done to me? <laughs> you know, John Foreman's not here. I'm fucking so upset. So the next time yeah, I did the God. show, I made sure I took in the original backing track. Because in the nineties, oh, you could yeah, and I wasn't sure whether I could do that, but I never told anyone because I thought, now fuck it, this time I'm going to fucking be rock and roll. I'm going to take the backing track, <laughs> and I'm going to get my friend to mime guitar, and that's what it'll be. So I did this track. Oh. I can't even remember, but I remember thinking, oh, at least this sounds funky. Because at that age, when you're around twenty four, twenty five, you're kind of really funny with what people think and how they do. So anyway, when I did this. Um, yeah. I was really, really happy with this except for my first line, which is fucked, but my old man used to say you can't get your first lines. It was just morning voice, you know. But anyway, I'll play a little bit yeah, of it. But, yeah. but it was just great for – he was also really lovely and never threatening, just really nurturing because I think this was about my third time I'd actually sung live on TV as well. So we'll give it a listen. Yeah. Midnight at the Oasis. Here's Sam No, no, I love you don't, that you don't need to hear any more. 
It will. Oh, we'll put it in the great. notes. We'll put it in the notes. I remember yeah. every time I did Good Morning Australia, I'd wear other people's clothes because I I was already in an eighties tribute band, going back yeah. ninety seven, yeah. ninety five, and. I didn't have normal stage clothes, so I remember wearing Lisa's. Lisa was always on GMA as well, Lisa Worley. Uh, there was Nadine, I can't remember her second name. She was always on it all the time. She fucking lived for it though. Where I was oh, a little, wow. I was in bands and stuff, so I was like, oh, should I do it this week? But the money was yeah. just really, really great. But Bert was super cool and that was the one thing people didn't realise. He was super smart and he was super, super cool. and. Just so on the ball. He was really actually very supportive of new acts. And very I, supportive. I don't know if that's from doing things like new faces and stuff where he really became the big, the you know, part of the beginning of people's career. But he was really supportive. You could tell he could re- was really taking an interest in all the musical acts that came on his show. I, I loved that. Yeah, and I think that was part of his legacy was to be professional and he never said a bad word about anyone because he didn't have to. He just did his thing. And I don't think anyone really appreciates how much work that takes to be nice to everyone. It's not easy to be nice to everyone when you are that big because – you see things. Like I could have said to Bert, well, I want to bring on a donkey. Good morning, Australia. And he would have gone, oh, yes, Sam, that that's great. Let's do that next time. Like there was no, <laughs> you know, like I would just be like, what the fuck are you talking about? He was always very patient and it's it's there's yeah. a skill in that, you know. That's very cancer though to be like that, to be quite patient and and lovely, you know. It's like like he's sort of a master facilitator. Like he he was like actually the perfect host. You know, some some people in these positions where they're hosting shows and interviewing guests and so forth are actually really bad listeners. Bert yeah. was a great listener. Actually really interested. Yeah. Yeah, love that. And I did try and find the Bert and Paddy family album which we had in our household. I wanted to find yeah. just the two of us. I think that was the single from that. My mum went on radio <laughs> with Bert Newton. She got on the radio. You know when you ring up and you win a prize or whatever. So my mum yeah. got on radio and she recorded it. It was so long ago on a reel-to-reel. Like people wouldn't even know what that is now but it's like two discs with tape on it but they're round. Like the inside of a cassette tape but without – the outside of it and it was a reel-to-reel and I remember her playing it and playing it but with reel-to-reel the tape tends to stretch and then it starts to get like a bit warped that it used to scare the (laughs) shit out of me as a kid that I just said, Mum, don't play it, don't play it because it used to sound like they were in heaven (laughs) or something. But, yeah, it was just incredible. My mum, (laughs) I mean, I've got the book here from 1977 as well, the – Bert Newton's own story, which is a very special book that not many people would have, and so I've got some great photos of the Logies and stuff like that. But my mum was a huge fan. Oh wow! Yeah, and and my Maddie, 
calls my mum Patty Newton all the time. She's so Patty Newton. Because in those days, the oh, women serious? of that age. Oh, yeah. Maddie always says that. And they were so well. Women used to dress up in their gloves and their beautiful makeup and stuff like that, which, my God, yeah. I wish I could do that. But we got a bit bohemian, I think, as years went along and we didn't worry about it. But my mum's yeah. still the same. And I thought yeah. for yeah. what pa- – I mean, Patty, obviously, I thought she said in an interview the other night she was 78 but apparently she's 76. So I'm not sure what she is but whatever she is, she looks – Absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Like you just wouldn't Still even Still heaps think. of energy and. And that's it. Patty's got a beautiful voice. Patty's yeah. got a beautiful sing- singing voice. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Like, um, you know, ev- ev- everyone on TV did sing. They gave it a go and they released albums and so forth. Um, you know what I mean? They gave it a shot. It was part but of she part was of it, actually yeah. an awesome yeah, yeah. She was actually an awesome singer. You know, she had a great voice. And she was she was cute, super cute blonde and always doing TV shows. But yeah, it was a thing with yeah. comedians. You needed to sing and be funny. Like Sammy Davis Jr. was on the show a lot, and I loved Sammy Davis yeah. as a kid as well. And they would sing and they dance and they tell jokes. It was that old, that old entertainer that was triple threat that we don't see that anymore. Really, I don't think. No, no. Look, really, this whole format that we're kind of celebrating talking ab- about really doesn't exist. You know, no. And, and to to be honest, in terms of that sort of. In terms of that kind of variety vibe, Russell Brand was good at it. Like when he was on radio and hosting, I mean, Russell Brand's sort of fallen out of, I guess, oh, I shouldn't say that, but I mean, Russell Brand has sort of modified his act. But like when he was younger, he was trying it all out. You know what I mean? He was sort of um, releasing albums Russell and Brand, doing performances. Who, which one? And Is that. The guy that yeah. going to the Greek guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Really? That dude. Wow. I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of contemporary. Actually, examples when, of you, this when thing, you say you know? that, you're probably right because he does sing in that theatre show, he the movie he's in, and he's quite good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's gone. You know all what I mean? Just sort of trying it out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's changed. He's changed. He his approach, like he's he's changing who he is. You yeah, know? yeah, that's he's, right. He's putting himself out there as as almost like a motivational speaker, uh, political figure. Yeah, you know? he it's is. quite quite interesting. I don't mind. Really, I don't but, mind some yeah. of his stuff. I think it's it's great and. You know, yeah. he's he's now not an alcohol. You know, he's not into alcohol, and he's you know he's yeah. come into himself and all that stuff. I think he's doing really good, and it takes a yeah. lot to get out of the entertainment industry and do something like that. But that's sort of a thing that there's a lot of money in what he's doing now as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, stimulating, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I've watched a bit. I do watch a little bit of Russell. But I can't think of another Aussie really that would fit that bill. I mean, I just 
we can't go back Look, there Rose, anymore. This is the y- thing. It's it's difficult because um you you think back and you think like Rove McManus and and so forth, but. At the time that Rove was doing it, at the time that Rove was really popular, see, Rove has fallen out of favour. You know, like Rove has absolutely fallen out of favour. Went to the US, tried it, did it, tried to come back here. Things had just moved on. You know what I mean? The thing is when Rove was big here, Bert was actually still big here. Yeah. And, and that's kind of 50, 60 years later. You know oh, what I mean? It's huge. That's Absolutely. 50 years later. And he's, you know, the, I, get, I guess sort of Rove's direct, I don't know, mentor or influence or whatever is Bert really oh, in terms totally of popularity Bert. and so forth. And Bert was still sort of bringing it up to the plate at the time. There's really no one now who I can think of. I, I was really hoping that. Sean McAuliffe would be, you know, the guy that would would sort of continue this legacy because he's brilliant. But you know, there's just no, yeah, not to the same magnitude as somebody like Bert Newton. Yeah, Bert yeah. just knew how to tap into people's emotional stuff and make, really make it work. But he used to go to school when he was at school because he left school at fifteen. He used to go to school and take scripts that he'd written to the teacher to mark. Like just like a crazy kid, like go, oh, I've written your script, can you mark it? And when they did This Is Your Life and they brought the teacher or the you principal know, Matt's back. like that. His son's really, like that. Really, really. Yeah. I thought that yeah. was really yeah. cute and really interesting because his dad died at 11, which is quite sad and he was one of six kids. I think is I mentioned that, right? that before. Wow. Yeah. And oh, I didn't know. the brothers sort of brought him up and then his school teachers or the principal's may have been a little bit of a father figure too, that dream he had. And he wow. used to take the scripts. And and I used to think, oh, my God, imagine taking a script to school and have a look at this, you know, see what you think. That's just someone that's living and made for it really. And it's just pouring out of them, you know. Yeah. Doing them all of the time and, yeah, 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 that's incredible. And we must talk yeah, about amazing. Don Lane and that. Dynamic with him and Don because there was all there was um, Graham Kennedy, yeah. Don Lane, and of course Patty. They were, I guess, his major three relationships. I, and I did think, yeah, I did. Look, you can't, you can't, you definitely can't dis- discount Patty. But no. I, you know, I did think, I did think when the moment I learned of of Bert's passing. Oh my God! All three of them have gone now. You know, in terms of Don Lane, Bert Newton, yeah, and, I did and, too, um, and Graham Kennedy. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, very sad. Ugly mm. Dave Gray, all those kind of people. You know that had celebrity squares, and it's yeah, they're, they're it's a, they're a dying breed. You know, and I just don't think yeah. we're going to get it back anymore because it's something you don't need to do anymore to be that mm. talented. You know, yeah, and and, yeah. and it was rare, like a rare diamond. But I was going to play yeah. the funniest thing. I love. I remember this happening when I was little, and he came out as Demis Roussos, which was a Greek singer who was oh, fuck. That's right. So every grandmother loved Demis and Demos, and he came out 
dressed and looked identical to him. So I just wanted to play this little clip for you now. There you go. That was we went to school the next day and we didn't know what was going on because we thought there's two of them. What's going on? <laughs> Such a good like great costume. Loved being in a costume. Loved, you know, there's a lot of old clips as you say going around. But you don't see entertainment where they take that risk anymore and think of that kind of skit that you could do on a show or, you know, there was one I think it was Graham Kennedy and him, they were like doing puppets and Graham was the puppet. Kind of didn't go anywhere but it was just clever to be thought about, you know. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it funny, like I'm I'm just sort of like looking and thinking about uh, Demis Roussos and – I'm really struggling to think of an uh, an artist like Demis Roussos today. You know, it it, it wouldn't sort of exist in the. Ch- I mean, you, in you the traditional at, oh, outfits no. and stuff. See, Inkelberg yeah, was another traditional one that was outfits, big, but he wasn't traditional. Outfits. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, if you looked at like old mate. Um, Julio Iglesias and yeah. and so forth, where you had like, the, you, like their ethnicity was really celebrated. You know, they mm. they really went for it. It 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 wasn't like, I don't know. People listened to Demos Roussos, and it wasn't like listening to Wog music. You know what I mean? No, you know no. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, everyone Absolutely. loved it. it for. for for whatever reason, it just became part of the mainstream. And they could take um, a joke about their uh, own career. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, you know, the, Wog, Wogs loved Demis Roussos, of course, yep. as well. But but very rare for that kind of thing to happen. That, that was a, actually a big moment uh, in, in Bert's career and one that sort of gets Besides the Muhammad Ali one. Yeah, that's Muhammad right. Was huge, but I thought Demos. That was, was another thing. Mm. And I never knew. I always thought that the thing with uh, Muhammad Ali was uh, constructed, like it was manufactured. Mm. I always thought it was like understood by them before it, it wasn't. No. The thing. The thing is, I like the boy was one of Bert's catchphrases. He had been saying it for. Years, yeah, but it was like all of a sudden, uh, it, it's it, it actually went global, like that <laughs> went global, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Th- it, and it sort of it went viral before viral was was yeah, a thing, that's right, you know, that actually got on news and stuff around yeah, the world because, did. and I get and I guess it showed you a little bit of Australia's innocence on one hand, but. Like it's it's a little bit of ignorance as well, like not realizing that saying, 
I like the boy to Muhammad Ali would be offensive. People, people sort of half of the people got it and half of the people didn't, you know. And I would have said like a lot of people at home wouldn't have got it, you know. No. It, it was a very different age and I mean like you look at now, people are getting offended left, right and centre and it's mm. like, oh, my God, you you said that thing that, oh, my God, you said that thing that I don't like. How the fuck are you meant to know half pe- half of people's trigger points, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's and, right. And sort of avoid them. In these days, you, you there, there wasn't that climate of that thing that we no. that we sort of suffer from these days, you know what I well, mean? Well, trigger points are trendy now. It's the yeah, first to whinge, right. you know. Yeah. We just wanted yeah. to have a good time. Now yeah, trigger points right. are everywhere because it's on Facebook if you've got a trigger point then you're cool. It was not – it was just a different time. I mean I honestly think Facebook's ruined, ruined the world because now you can just state shit that you don't even know about, put it out there in the universe – and everyone yeah. goes, oh, yeah, me too. I've had a three-legged donkey and, yeah, fucking so racist when you call it three-legged. Like, fucking hell, man. Yeah. Like, it doesn't yeah. even mean shit. It, the dynamic isn't working anymore because you are just saying it to be a prick, you know. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And in these days yeah. it was okay that, you know, Frank said, oh, Patty, you know, had a joke on Patty or whatever. I mean, God, she would have loved it anyway. But I was, do you want yeah. to play a TV commercial? Because I've got a goodie. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Here we go. People who make it reckon nothing beats the Westinghouse Frost Free. And that's not just because you never have to defrost, right? I mean, look at this giant meat keeper. It'll hold over 20 T-bones at just the right temperature. And here's a great idea. Flip-top vegetable crispers. Here's a freezer with its own ice maker. And because it's frost free, your food won't stick together. Plus, every Westinghouse frost-free refrigerator has to pass this special extended performance test. It proves that they want to be sure. Awesome. Do you remember that ad? Yes, I do. Yeah. I love, uh, oh, I love the voiceover like voice. Him then. <laughs> that was so great. Uh. Yeah, I think that special is being played on Channel 9 again. Look, it's not bad. It's got some great clips. And Tracy Grimshaw's on there, talks about when she first met Bert. But Bert was an incredible human and one of those guys that just utilised, you know, just did everything he needed to do on the planet. Yeah. And I feel sorry yeah. for Patty and I the remember. Kids. I remember at at the Logies, uh, you you would have all that like top five percent of television at the Logies were actually quite accessible. You could you could go up and chat to Tracy Grimshaw yep. and Carl Stefanovic and uh, you know Richard Wilkins and whoever you wanted to talk to. Even uh, you know I was in the position at the Logies, and I think it might have even been. One of the ones that Bert was hosting, I'm not sure. But I was talking to Lachlan Murdoch and Sarah O'Hare and Katie Perry walked up yeah. and like went, hi, I'm Katie. She had no idea who – I could have been on the same, you know, in the same echelon as Lachlan Murdoch and Sarah O'Hare. She had no idea who any of us were. 
Um, mm. And she walked up and it was the Channel 10 party. And she walked up and was like, hi, I'm Katie. And, um, you know, that that's what the low users like. There's that sort of accessibility to that level of TV and entertainment and so forth in Australia. But you never saw Bert. Bert was like on another level. You never, yeah, you never right. saw him at those things. Yeah. Yes. He, he didn't need to be there. He didn't need to. It wasn't his he last He knew everyone gig. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a lot yeah, of the time right. I think people that play up and get drunk or, or they live the moment is because they honestly believe they're not in that career yet and they have to be yeah, this that's right. fucking crazy man and, wah, and, you know, and it's like yeah. bands as well. Like they, you know, they need to get fucked up and do all this stuff. Man, you're going to be here next week. If you if you're good, yeah. you know you could be here yeah, for the yeah, next yeah, twenty five right. fucking years, mate. It's a different <laughs> situation, so it's interesting. But we just thought we would tribute to Bertie. We've done an hour. Bert Newton was legendary. I enjoyed my time on GMA. It was a really good learning experience for me, and I loved watching it of a morning. Like it was the show you loved watching. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, look. It's I guess. I've been I've been thinking a lot about our show and what you know what the the, the centre of it is, what the core of it is, and it's nostalgia. Nostalgia is like yeah, incredibly yeah, yeah. healing, you know. I've been talking um, to to Mick Newton about this, like you know, nostalgia is very healing and good for you, you know, if you can. Look back and just think of the good times. It's 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 there's something extremely positive about that, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, looking back at all the footage of Bert and all of his legacy, it's nothing but good feels. That's what I love about it. So, you know, I encourage everybody if you're a Bert Newton fan, if you remember him from TV, go out and watch so Fatty Finn out there. Go out and watch it. Watch Fatty Finn. Yeah, he played the dad and Fatty yeah, Finn. Yeah, it was great. Oh, my God. I went to the movies as a kid and saw it. My mum was obsessed in Bert though. Every mum loved yeah. Bert. And it wasn't a sexual thing. It was yeah. just he was just Bert, you know. Everyone loved him and he was so lovely and he was lovely. He was a good bloke. He was he a was. good bloke. I've heard There's, some amazing the, stories. The, and he's like sort of. He's like Hugh Jackman in that way where it's yep. like he has never put a foot wrong. He has never put a foot wrong. It's, it's like Hugh, you would barely see Hugh like, you know, and I've I've met Hugh, been on movie sets with Hugh and so forth. Saw him lose his temper and it was like the nicest Loss of temper you've ever experienced. <laughs> you know, you you know what I mean. Yeah, totally. And, and, and this, it's funny when you see you, that. It's like what you're like. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck me. I I I wake up and I lose my temper. Yeah. Just the fact that I've yeah. fucking woken up. You well, know? yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, professional people yeah. that know they've got something else to go to in three months are going to be really yeah. cool. And a lot of people like even like Hugh Jackman. What are you watched. fucking saying? Oh, oh, I don't even know who I'm talking about. I think I've, I usually talk f- about me most of the time and take <laughs> yeah, it back to yeah. me. 
being a Virgo. I've, yes. It's like, oh, God, sometimes I'm just like, oh, look, if it's not my job and it's someone else's set or someone else's thing, I'm fucking as nice as pie. But as soon as it's my thing and I want to keep things sort of in shape, that's when, even though yeah. in saying that I've fucking let a lot of people get away with shit, you know. A lot of people were yeah, going, but like you, you, you're amazing in that way that um, I, I like your attention to detail. Sometimes is incredible. Maddie's Maddie's really good at that as well, which is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right. anything I yeah. miss, he picks up on. I very rarely. I, I don't really. Say to him, oh, you've got to think of that. Like he's already doing that and musically his attention to details a lot better than mine is but it, mine would be organisation, like I've just got to make sure this is not going to fall over. And yeah, that's the thing when you've got your own TV show or like Bert had Good Morning Australia and in Melbourne Tonight and, and I guess New Faces, it's your show and you may not necessarily be the producer but you've still got to think for about 10 or 15 people, you can't just get there and do it, you know? No, oh God, no. Nah, nah. I, I, look, there are some people that just rock up and do it. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, there that's right. There are some people that just rock up and, and do rich. it. And Yeah, and it's I really wish weird. I could be like that. You yeah, know what I mean? I just. I wish I could be like that. I'm not like that. Like if I'm responsible for something, I'm thinking about it. All the time. I'm uh, all the time, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And um I was talking to my mate um who's a colleague today who whom I've met in in the last year and we've just sort of clicked and um he said, Oh, you know, I listen to the podcast and I I know you work full time and I know you're doing this and I know you're still gigging and you you're doing that and his girlfriend actually said to him how how do you manage to do like how how does Jay manage to do sort of all of that? And it's strange. I uh, all I could say is I don't hang out. I don't hang out. I go from one thing to the next. You know what I mean? Because I've been, and I'm not saying I'm part of that echelon, but you and I have both been around those people. I don't know, like Eddie Maguire, like Hugh Jackman, like Bert Newton and so forth, who they literally go from one t- thing to the next and part of it is just um, being being brilliant as often as you can. You know what I mean? You just try to do a great job every moment. And I remember like looking at, I think it was Eddie Maguire's Phone. He was trying to um, schedule me in for a meeting or something like that. And it was like he had half hour slots all day for like 10 hours a day every day. Imagine that. Fucking well, it. Well, like, you've actually got to do the little things to be, yeah. bring big opportunities. That's yeah, what people yeah. don't get. They don't, they miss the middle bit. They go big, small. Oh, yeah. There's never the middle ground and you've you've got to do the middle ground where you are overworking a little bit 
so that it becomes easier in the end. And that's something that people just can't do nowadays. They just go, well, why aren't I famous now? I mean, fuck yeah, man. Yeah, exactly right. I don't yeah. know. Like you've just, there's no, <clears throat> there's no resilience. You can't do it. And there's, uh, I guess, a bit of a culture of expectation these days of, uh, you know, doing doing something flashy once and that's enough, or yeah. doing doing very little over <laughs> over a, a, a slightly longer amount of time and that's enough. And it's like these guys like Bert Newton, mate. Just they worked so hard. They worked so hard and they had – Bert had failures. Like Bert had shows that didn't work and that shows that just went up for a couple of months or a year and then were axed. But he kept going and kept coming back and reinventing himself and – Well, his mum died I think in the 80s and one of his shows wasn't doing so well and that's when he looked at his life. He was a people person and he looked at his life and he said, you know, nothing compares to your mother dying. And having a show die, not a, no comparison, who cares, you can get a show anywhere, you know. So he uh, was really, really clever like that because it is, if you lose someone so close to you, the other stuff is just bullshit, you know what I mean? And you just pick yourself yeah, up again. Um, yeah. And not many people will yeah, actually kill yeah. their own mother to be fucking famous, man, you know. It's, we used to say that at the oh, photography yeah. studio, oh, I'd kill his own mother to be fucking famous. Like they just, there's a different person with people that actually care about the people in their life and in their world and then yeah. look at the stuff that doesn't work as not a failure, just as something that didn't work, whatever. Yeah, you just you just move on and like, you know, I, I would get sort of, I'd, I'd get like, a, you know, a bad critique in the paper or you'd get a bad review or something or something would say, somebody would say something awful about you on TV or in the press or something like that and it would be like the end of your life. I, was, I, I wasn't good at that. You know, I was not good at that stuff. And I remember all of these kind of people used to say like, mate, it'll just be chip paper tomorrow. It'll just be like fish and chip paper tomorrow. Mm. You know, nobody is going to fucking care. You yeah, know? that's right. And, and it's it, until you get a bit of maturity about you that and a few truly awful things <laughs> happen to you that you're like, fuck, none of this shit matters, you know. You're able to kind of put things into perspective and um, not cling so much onto needing to be famous or successful or whatever, you know. Yeah. That's it. Anyway, interesting to talk about and it's sort of uh, – look, you know, one of, our, one of our patriarchs has passed, you know. It's really important that we – we we sort of mark the occasion in a I I hope a positive way because mm. we love Bert, you know we we really we really really will miss him now and into the future and it's really important that we pay special tribute to him and wish the very best to the family and all his fans out there and and um, you know truly truly sort of look back at the life of Bert Newton because he was amazing. And we were blessed to have such a superstar bring us up. Yeah. Like, you know, the TV brought us up. It, it was your parents yeah, yeah, and then true. it was the TV. They were like the babysitter. 
you know. He'd go yeah. to your grandma's yeah. and Bert would be on in the morning show and you had to watch it. You couldn't turn it on to the cartoons because your grandmother wanted to watch it. And you, it yeah. was your childhood. So imagine his children and what they're going through at the moment. It, but you, I, I don't think Bert would want anyone to be extremely sad. Like he'd be celebrating wherever he is and probably saying, no, you, you yeah. must go on, yeah. you know. Which is great, and but he'd, apart he'd, from that, he'd want to sort of um, he'd, he'd he'd mark the gravity of the moment, but he'd still end up with a laugh, you know, and that's that was a well, special thing about him. Denise Drysdale said a really funny thing. She rang, I think it was Paddy, to check if she was okay. Might have been a couple of days ago, and she rang Paddy, and Lauren answered, and. She went to open her back door and there was a snake out at her back door so she couldn't even control herself. She was like, oh, my God, there's a snake at the back door and she just automatically thought, fuck, that's Bert, you know, puts a fucking snake at my back door (laughs) while I'm on the phone to his family, you know. And I was like, well, that's a really clever way to think of it because who knows, you know. That was his funny way of going, mate, you're going to ring my wife. Tell her the snakes here, you know. Who freaking knows? So it was that, like a prank. It's, yeah, like it's a prank. Like playing a oh, prank. she was on the phone. She was oh, like losing fuck. her mind because she's really sad about it as well. Because they were all really good friends. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Ah, well, there we go. Let's wrap up. Beautiful sort of trip down memory lane there. Like really, really awesome and great to play tribute to pay tribute to Bert. Um, and, guys, if you love the show, please like, share, rate, review, follow us, become a subscriber. We're on over 10 different platforms now. So whatever one you listen to, subscribe. please follow. Become a subscribe. Yeah, yeah, become a subscriber. It's the best way. Absolutely. Good on you. That'll really help us with our chart position, which has been good lately. Help us get to the top, guys. Yes. Help us yeah. get into Aussies the top Aussies have been 10. doing fantastic. Aussies have been yeah. putting us back in the iTunes top 100, which has been fantastic. And it's just a subscribe. If you subscribe, oh, it just goes up the ranks. Um, if you want to become a Patreon, you can on the patreon.com forward slash the 80s montage podcast. And for as little as a dollar fifty, it has gone up a bit because of the year, I guess, and, and tax and all that stuff, you can become a Patreon. Or for I think it's ten dollars now or eleven, you can become a Patreon and get some free episodes. Which we sort of uh, we gave the Patreons an episode the other day, and I got a message. We were very drunk. We were very wild. drunk. <laughs> it was a bit fucking wild. It so was if a you bit don't wild know, guys that <laughs> guys that don't know. We often do the Patreon episodes after we do the the normal ones for everyone. So they were a bit more drunk, they were a bit more raucous and sometimes they they really go over the top. So That's right. Did someone get offended? (laughs) No, no, no. I didn't even remember the last one I didn't remember either. One of the patrons wrote to us and said, when's fucking whore reaching iTunes? Like what a a great song. (laughs) What the fuck? Fucking whore. What's she talking about? And then I thought, oh, my God, that's right. We wrote a rap with Batesy. So they loved it. They were like, oh, my God, this song's amazing. And 
Uh, Maddie was like, yeah, you did write a song when you were drunk with Batesy, <laughs> you, you and Jay and Batesy. And it was just hilarious. I so remember thinking like, I'm too drunk, I'm too drunk to do this, I can't do this. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Batesy and I used to do it all the time on Pots and Pans and we used to just make shit up all the time. Yeah. And... He started and it was – Maddie reckons it was really funny. So she wanted to know when that single was being dropped. So we're kind of considering maybe doing it. Oh, I don't good. know. Like well, I have to have a listen back to it uh. because <laughs> it would be very funny and maybe we can give it to all our patrons for Christmas or something. Who knows? What was the song called? Fucking Whore? Fucking Whore. I haven't heard the I haven't oh, heard the Patreon yet. Did I send you? Yeah, you've been sent the Patreon. I have to actually listen to it. But oh, sometimes look. I scare myself and I go, oh, I don't want to listen to it. Fucking running around. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I'm like, oh god, let it just sort of be out there. I yeah, don't need to yeah, yeah, no, but I bet it's good. Done again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I, I only want to remember. But good on you guys. You can all. always sort of listen to the extra episodes. There are a lot of fun. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So jump on board as a Patreon if you can. It's the best thing you can do. But thank you to all our patrons and all our subscribers really for helping us and, yeah, just kicking things along for the 80s montage. Thank you for Absolutely. Um, coming down memory lane for our tribute to, to Bert Newton, guys. And if it's music, mateys. Or cool shit from the 80s. We're going to talk about it. Unreal.